Hey, you busy? Mm-mm. Okay, let me run something past you real quick. Every now and again, I have these conversations that are sparked and initiated by something that's either going on in the news or the world around us. Um, and it just kind of jogs together whatever I'm currently reading. And I had a conversation with my husband the other day that I was just like, I got to pick up the phone and give you a call. I feel like life is literally a walking path of perfecting your love, your love for yourself and your love for those around you, as well as the love of the assignment that God gave to you. And what I am noticing as I'm developing and you know, observing people and observing myself and just gathering all the information that I can to pretty much stand on that foundational thought I came to the conclusion that a man is only as good as the decision he stands on. That a man is only as good as the decision he stands on. And let me tell you what that sparked from. I was really thinking about this whole Prince Harry and Meghan Markel. And I'm just like, can I just go ahead and just give a hand clap of praise for that? For that somebody's grandbaby? I mean... Seriously, not even going to hold you, bruh. And getting goosebumps as I'm saying this. There is something so profound about a man who stands by his integrity and is willing to lose any form of authority to stand in his integrity. There's one thing to be at a job and to feel like, you know what, I am not going to do things that is immoral. I'm not going to do things that I know that's going to have me not being able to sleep at night. So before I go ahead and do anything in this position that's going to go against my life integrity, I will go ahead and demote myself or walk away from this job. It's one thing to feel like, you know what, I know my worth and I know my self-value. And before I ever let somebody talk to me or deal with me in that matter, like I'm somebody raggedy and all you don't understand that I am ancient Chinese China if you don't understand that then I will walk away from this entire relationship this entire family this entire what have you just put in go ahead and insert it there I will demote myself and remove myself before I allow that particular treatment to continue in my presence you have a nice day but when I tell you I looked at the way that Prince Harry loved on his wife when I tell you that I had to have a conversation with my husband and I said, you don't even understand why this is giving me goosebumps because there is certain forms of love that only a woman can understand. I don't know what it is on the flip side for a man. I think it's a little bit more probably surface based, but for a woman, there is one thing to feel like I feel loved by you. You know, you make me feel beautiful, you make me feel pretty, or you add to me already feeling what I feel. You add to my confidence. It's one thing to feel that. It's a whole nother thing to say that my heart feels safe with you. Mm-hmm. And, and I think only a woman can understand that. Not to say that guys don't feel that, but I think that it's a little bit, it's deeper for a woman because we're emotionally wired. We have all these different, you know, things going on. You know, the worst thing you could ever do for a female is what? What's one argument you hear most people say, you know, either on those shows that's scripted or what have you, reality TV, is you got me out here looking stupid. <laughs> you, you got me out here looking dumb. 
Who's that in your phone? This, that, and the third. A woman, if you really zoom out on the nagging and the neck breaking and the screaming and the emotional tantrum, what you're really hearing a woman say is guard my integrity and guard my image. Don't have me out here looking stupid. But on a deeper level, she's really saying, can you please guard my heart? It is one thing to feel so loved by you that, oh, you remembered on Valentine's Day, you remembered my birthday, you got me all up and down your, you know, social media platform of choice. That's one thing, right? That, that brings a little smile to our face. Like, ew, that's cute. It's another thing to say, I don't feel the need to check your phone. I don't need to, I don't have a need to go ahead and follow up behind what you said you were doing or where you said you were going. I just have that there is a peace when it comes to my heart realm that I only get because of the person that I'm paired with. That is an entirely different feeling. And I know for certain without ever talking to this woman, Mrs. Markell, okay? Well, I don't know what their last name is, but Harry's wife. I know without even speaking to her that there is a safety that is just so implanted with her that she will follow this man to the end of the earth because there's one thing to tell your friends, chill out, that's my wife, y'all gotta respect her. There's one thing to have an announcement at the Thanksgiving table and say, hey, y'all gonna start respecting her, this, that, and the third. It's one thing to demote yourself and denounce yourself from the royal family in order to protect what is your wife's heart and mental health. OMG Harry. Now off back, we already knew Harry was a wild child, right? We 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 seen that he had a little bit of, you know, rhythm, you know. Like he definitely has an invite to the continual barbecue. You feel me? Like we already knew when we saw him with Rihanna, you know, listen, I did my little archive digging. I was like, oh, okay. So you had a little thing for some chocolate for some time, sir? Okay, Harry. Listen, redheaded stepchild, however you want to do it, play the part, sir. <laughs> you know, play the part. And so we already knew that he was a little bit, you know, a little bit more flavorful, if you will, than his brother. You know, his brother, God bless us, you know, the firstborns, we have a whole set of pressure that comes with because you just automatically built the leader you know you got to set the image if you will you were the rough draft you got it the hardest you got it you know parents which is the strictest it's like sir come on I mean really do you want me to help you relearn how to beat him the way you used to beat me because I don't understand like why why y'all so soft now <laughs> why is it that I had to go ahead and uh make my plates from scratch uh, at six months old okay and then he's getting the royal cheap treatment at 30 I don't understand how that works but you know, William had that kind of pressure. So I guess Harry came out like, listen, I'm listening to Tupac, sir. (laughs) Okay, yeah, listen, I probably got Tatsy, I can't see him. Because, you know, they probably were faint in the royal family. Y'all have a nice day. But for this man to go on and say, here's what we finna do, okay? Back in the good, what was it, 2000, I think it was... Because she was having a problem, Megan, she was having a problem just adapting to that whole thing since being pregnant with Archie. She was just like, this is hard, bro. <laughs> like, I'm trying. I, I, I really am. Um, and then around t- the early 2020, it was like, um, yeah, no, I'm sorry. Uh, don't want to do it. And wow, didn't know it was going to be this kind of pressure. But y'all low-key got me. Um, this was like uh, no, modern-day slavery. Low-key, the amount of pressure that y'all putting on me to do certain stuff. Can I pump breast milk and go through these hormonal changes before y'all have me doing press conferences and fake smell? Like, I can't do it, sir. Ma'am, can't do it. 
But for Harry to go ahead and go on the nationals, the TVs, and say, you know what? Here's what we're getting ready to do. Um, I know what's suspected of me will always have a level of respect for the royal family, but I was raised with a certain set of skills and um, hardcore values that won't allow me to allow my wife to continue to go through that, so we will be stepping down from the royal family. Not only are you stepping down, sir, you're talking about going ahead and financially just ending anything that connects you to the royal family. Not only that, you're talking about going back to the United States of the United States and living as citizens. You said you'll be back and forth between the two worlds, but I don't believe it, Kay Gray. I believe once you get a hit of that little California sun, it's going to be something so different, and it's going to be like, oh, okay, kind of like it. Um, but OMG, can you imagine a man, a person, loving you so much that they will leave their place of comfort just to make sure that you're intact. Like his go-to wasn't, you know what, Megan, <laughs> I, my bad, bro. Um, I'll pay child support for good Archie. Um, you live on the West wing. I'll live on the East wing. Um, and we'll just pretend just come out for a few of these, like, you know, cheese real quicks. And you know, you don't got to do too much. I'll keep telling them that you're really busy. Matter of fact, I'm going to keep you so pregnant that they're not going to be able to see you. Like, let's just come up with a, no, the authenticness of Harry was like, we won't have to fake another thing. And it just caused a whole spiral of thoughts. Number one, what if his father had that kind of love for Diana? Hmm? For, for Harry's mother. Because you do understand the reason why she died is because she was trying so hard to go ahead and get out of harm's way of paparazzi chasing her down like she was the Michael Jackson. Like, I, I need y'all to calm down. Like, why, why are y'all high speed chasing anything? But what if she didn't have to have that kind of that kind of pressure? Because if you recall... The night that she died, that wasn't the first time she had a close call with paparazzi. She had a couple of them, at least two, I believe, offhand. What if her husband would have said, you know what? This is getting ridiculous. You cannot go out by yourself, not trying to treat you like a kid, but like you are the mother of my two children, okay? Um, not only that, you are also his wife, sir. That's your wife, okay? And... Y'all, it's not like y'all don't have the money. Why couldn't she have super security? There should have been no reason why she ever had to go ahead and defend herself against what seemed like life-threatening situations with paparazzi at any time. At any time. And so, if his father would have had a smickle of what Harry is serving, OMG, wouldn't that have been a huge difference? Wouldn't that have been like, you know what, maybe she would have been alive, possibly. And we can go on the tunnel vision of all things what ifs. But the bottom line is you cannot fault a man that stands so firmly in his beliefs and his integrity that you look at him faulty because he's not doing what others would have wanted him to do. At the end of the day, he has taken on a role that no one else seemed to have done with perfection until he's done it, in my opinion. Shouts out to, you know, his brother. But word on the royal streets is that he's dipping and he's dabbing against, you know, his wife. You know, I don't want to gossip about nobody's... uh. Prince grandbaby, but at the same time, y'all can't come 
against Harry and Harry standing in authority. You didn't hear him stepping out and doing nothing crazy. You didn't hear him financially, you know, trying to go ahead and smuggle some money real quick because he already knew from since Megan was pregnant that they're probably not going to be able to handle all the royal, you know, things that they had to do. So let me go ahead and start money laundering. Okay? It could have been a lot of different conniving, but you got to zoom out and see the authority in that. The integrity in that. Oh, my goodness. And just to go ahead and land my point, because I was like, okay, because this is how I get down. I'm like, where else? Because I already got it in the natural realm. So let's go ahead and, and dabble in these spiritual streets. Where else could I have seen that somebody possibly could have made a decision with integrity and got a whole entire different experience? And I thought about Abraham and Sarah. Now, if you don't know, in Genesis... <laughs> Ooh, Abraham, listen, out of all the times Abraham could have raised my pressure, this was not the time. I just, I I can't even fathom not the Abraham that God was like, hey, you getting ready to be the father of many nations. Not the Abraham that was able to talk to God and go, hey, can you just save Sodom and Gomorrah? We just find 25, 10, 15. You know, he went through his whole five timetables. Not that Abraham going ahead and cowering under life or possibly death situations. You cower under decisions like that when it comes to your wife, when it comes to something that God assigned to you? Oh, no, sir. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, Genesis, Genesis 20, you know, I read in the NLT version, just to give you a little bit of what's going on here. So Abraham went ahead and he moved south to this particular location in, uh, I think that's pronounced Negev. I'm going to go ahead and pronounce it that way. And he was a little uncertain of like, mm, I don't really know how these people get down in this era area. And he knew that Sarah was bad, <laughs> you know, she was video vixen possibly because the way that he's making decisions, that's the only thing I can envision. And so he was a little, you know, fearful. And he's like, okay, Sarah, look, look real quick. Okay. Um, let's just go ahead and say that you, my sister. Okay. Um, and so I'm gonna pick up at verse two real quick. Abraham introduced his wife, Sarah, by saying she is my sister. So King Abimelech of Gerar sent for Sarah and had her brought to him at his palace. Clearly, he saw what he liked, and he was like, oh, that's your sister? She's going to be mine, sir. Verse 3. But that night God came to Abimelech in a dream and told him, you are a dead man, for that woman you have taken is already married. Okay, now hold on, sir. Pause. <laughs> um, Sir, God, sir God, I didn't know, sir. So why am I, first of all, you didn't even come with the, hey, um, you didn't even knock. You're going to just, your opening statement is you a dead man? I mean, sir, what, okay. Um, it's like getting beat in your sleep. You you sound asleep and all you hear is the, it's like, well, can you at least start screaming so I can get the alert? So I can wake up and defend myself? Okay. So verse four, but Abimelech had not slept with her yet. So he said, Lord, will you destroy an innocent nation? Five, didn't Abraham tell me she is my sister? And she herself said, yes, he is my brother. I acted in complete innocence. My hands are clean. Verse six, and the dream God responded, yes, I know you are innocent. That's why I kept you from sinning against me and why I did not let you touch her. Seven, now return the woman to her husband and he will pray for you for he's a prophet. Then you will live. But if you don't return her to him, you can be sure that you and all your people will die. Eight, 
Abimelech got up early the next morning and quickly called all his servants together. When he told them what happened, his men were terrified. Nine. Then Abimelech called for Abraham. What have you done to us? He demanded. What crime have I committed that deserves treatment like this, making me and my kingdom guilty of this great sin? No one should ever do what you have done. Ten. Whatever possessed you to do such a thing? Eleven. Abraham replied, I thought this was a godless place. They will want my wife and kill me to get her. Twelve. And she really is my sister, for we both have the same father, but different mothers. I, I'm, and I married her. And I'm reading in that because I'm just like, bro, how you just cower like this? I can't. So long story short, because I want you to go ahead and read this whole thing. by. I mean, it, when I say the, gos- the, the gospel has the Jews, <laughs> I mean the gospel has the Jews. So pretty much Abimelech was like, get up out of here. Made him take all his stuff. Was like, here, take these thousand pieces of silver real quick. I need you to go up head on here. And I can't be done. I cannot be bothered. But guess what? The last verse of Genesis 20, verse 18 says, for the Lord had caused all the women to be infertile because of what happened with Abraham's wife. Now, sir, you, Abraham, Mr. Abraham, sir made such a cowardly decision that it was so costly to everyone around you and they didn't deserve that what's another time that you can think of off back and this is what I was saying to myself what's another time that you can say you know what if that decision making um, gene was a little bit stronger Okay, Gray, then maybe other people wouldn't have to experience such demise I thought about David and Bathsheba Mm-hmm. Sure did. Second Samuel, okay, uh, chapter eleven. Now we already know Bathsheba. Listen, I guess she was a brick house. I don't know, but the first verse starts off with saying, you know, that David sent out Joab and the Israelite armies, and they went ahead and fight. But however, David stayed behind, you know, in Ju- Jerusalem. So let's go ahead and pick up in in verse two. So late one afternoon, after his midday rest, David got out of bed and was walking on the roof of the palace. As he looked out over the city, he noticed a woman of unusual beauty taking a bath. Mm. Verse 3. He sent someone to find out who she was. You know, a.k.a. pause, a.k.a. that's old school. Hey, yo, who's yo, who, who's that? And then the friend go over and he's like, yo, my man over there is feeling you. <laughs> this is just a biblical version of that. You, you, you feel me? Okay, let's go back. Verse 3. He sent someone to find out who she was. And he was told she's Bathsheba, the daughter of Elam, and the wife of Uriah the Hittite. Sir, that means pause, okay? Because as soon as you heard the wife part, you should have been like, oh, hands off. <laughs> hands up, don't shoot. You feel me? Um, Okay, I apologize. Let's go ahead and rip it around. But you know what happened? Um, Yeah, that greed took over. Okay, great. So verse 4, then David sent messengers to get her, and when she came to the palace, he slept with her. She had just completed the purification rites after having her menstrual period. Then she returned home. Oh, you had a little biblical one-night stand? Okay, well, let's see what happens. Verse 5. Later, when Bathsheba discovered that she was pregnant, dun, 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 she sent David a message saying, I'm pregnant. <laughs> Ooh, them two words, they never been scarier, even in the Bible. Hmm? Okay, great. Verse 6. 
Then David sent word to Joab, uh, uh, send me Uriah the Hittite. So Joab sent him to David. Seven, when Uriah arrived, David asked him how Joab and the army were getting along and how the war was progressing. Eight, then he told Uriah, go on home and relax. David even sent a gift to Uriah after he had left the palace. Nine, but Uriah didn't go home. He slept that night at the palace entrance with the palace with the king's palace guard. Now let's go ahead and pause right there because again, I want I want this to promote an itch. Like, oh yes, you don't know nothing about no juice until you read these gospel streets. Go ahead and get you some Second Samuel eleven, okay? But let's go ahead and pause there. So real quick, you went ahead and saw Bathsheba, sir, right? And and the good bishop, the uh, Bel Biv DeVoe people, the, the wise men, okay, they told you in the scripture of their song, never trust a big button to smile, that, girl, that girl's Bathsheba. Like, might as well go ahead and, you know, switch the script. Um, So you went ahead and saw beauty from the window, and you were like, mm, yo, send my mans over there. Who's that real quick? As soon as they came back, you didn't even, the, she was so beautiful. You were so tranced by what was going on in her beauty, okay, great. You said, God, what kind of clay is that? That even hearing that she's somebody else's wife, you was like, cool. Uh, she finished washing up? Hmm. Okay, you can go ahead and tell her to come up here real quick, okay, great. And so you go ahead and have that one night stand, but then when you got that biblical tech message, <laughs> she's pregnant, sir. Don't you understand that your decisions, they have um, offspring, right? Meaning that for every action, there is a reaction. You just thought you was going to slide in Bathsheba and just go ahead and do what you did uh, and then go ahead and be done because you King David? No. You don't get to get up from your nap and um, perform adultery and then go ahead and live your life accordingly. I'm sorry. And David, I ain't going to hold you. I'm a little bit disappointed because... Not that I was expecting for you to be perfect, but a heart, okay? When God says that you are a man after his own heart, that means that you had a different connection to God than what most regular people had, especially during your day. So if you had to go and take a cold shower real quick, okay, and say, mm, I'm going to stay in this bathroom until that girl's finished washing up because I know me well enough to know that if I keep watching her from this window, she's going to be in this bed, okay? Maybe you should have had a little bit more of a humble assessment of yourself to say, I'm strong in a lot of areas, but this right here um, makes me weak in the knees, SWV style, and I need to go ahead and remove thyself. But when you look at those two examples, what Abraham did with his wife, Sarah, she's her sister, sir. Like, really, that's what you did? You almost had a man, one man's act. If King Abimelech, if he would have done that one act, he would have destroyed an entire nation. Like, literally, that's why he said, God, would you go ahead and you, I'm an innocent man, but would you go ahead and kill an innocent nation to the point that there's always some residue. Remember, I just said that for every action, every decision that's made, it have offspring. So although he didn't touch Sarah while they left, God made sure that every woman in that nation under that time, they were infertile. Now, is it fair? We can go into all kind of different, like that doesn't make any sense logically, this, that, and the third. But every action has a reaction. Every decision births a different form of offspring. 
So, again, David, you thought you was just going to have a good time with her and that's just it. And y'all go ahead and do the H-Town knocking boots situation in the biblical streets. And then you just go ahead and mind your business and act like nothing ever happened. And they explain to you not only her family origin, but the fact that she was somebody else's wife. You thought that was just going to fly by God. Is that what you thought? No, that doesn't, <laughs> that doesn't work like that. And when you continue to read further, that particular pregnancy, uh, that child died. I'm, yeah, I'm telling you, go ahead and read the Bible with something dope. I ain't going to hold you. But then, you know, God was able to flip around. They had another child, and that's all that worked. But the Bible continues to call Bathsheba Uriah's wife, almost like a reminder of you don't get to sweep this one under the rug because of your stature, because of your authority. I do apologize. No, Abraham, you don't get to just, you know, put somebody's nation at, you know, God's death ear, you know, hand and it just be okay because, you know, you're the father of many nations. No, you have to stand behind and there is a recourse to the things that you do. And that is why I look at Prince Harry and I'm like, wow, you stood in your decision with integrity. That says a lot. Now, it would have been way different if I read about Prince Harry in the Bible. You know, you would have expected that. Like, you know, like, yeah, because the Bible is just pretty much you looking at the all-stars of, you know, times before you. That's just pretty much what it is to me in certain cases. But the unfortunate part is that the part that we like, what are y'all doing? We're reading that in the Bible, and we have a live version of a whole new chapter of the Bible because that's what anything that someone does that looks like, wow, that's something that's just not common in this day and age to me that's a new chapter of the bible so i am reading the chapter of prince harry and i'm going omg wow where did you learn that because you didn't learn it from your daddy because your your mother had to go ahead and succumb because of his lack of protection and authority you didn't learn that from your brother because we heard he doing a stanky leg he got a little bit of king david in him hmm he got his own little Bathsheba's, you know a little sprinkled around so where did you learn that it's just, you know, the fact that you just decided I'm not going to be phony for y'all and I'm also going to make sure that I live my authentic truth no matter what. So I wanted to go ahead and pose this question for us, which was the reason for my phone call. When making life decisions, do you cower under pressure or do you stand firm in integrity? Whether it's your personal relationships, whether it's the first example I gave about your job, whether it's your family, yeah, we can pause there and, and whew, my goodness. Listen, because somebody has a blood relation to you does not mean that they have a continual, all the time, all access pass to disrespect you and be toxic in your life and to continue to downplay either something that you're doing in your life or they feel like you're not doing enough of, but they don't get that front row seat in your life just because of a blood relation. The answer, circle it, is B, no. We're just not doing that. But I think more so than looking at what everybody else is doing and what everybody else is feeding off and however, I think we need to really take a real close look at our own personal decisions. By far, I'm just, again, hand clap of praise for that grandbaby. I mean, Prince, Prince Harry... Seriously, and you know what? He gonna forever be Prince Harry. I don't care if he denounced himself, what have you, or the artist formerly known as. That prince is always gonna be there. But you know what it really made me go ahead and do? Didn't Jesus do that? 
Didn't Jesus demote himself just to make sure that someone else had a close relationship with the father, that someone else's soul didn't go where it's eternally just damnation. Like, please, we don't want to, y'all don't want to go there. So I could stay in this place of being, hmm, you know, whatever, um, you know, just pretty much paradise in uh, just a whole nother realm that you wouldn't even be able to facet your mind behind. But the fact that Jesus was like, okay, dad, let's go ahead and yeah, put me in coach. I got it. Let me go down to earth, demote myself. And I'm going to stand in this decision because it wasn't it at the very end. He said, father, if, if there could be another way, take this cup from me. Didn't Jesus have the authority to kind of finagle or cut corners or do some things like, you know, kind of the way that Abraham, kind of the way that David did. And yes, he was the word turned flesh, but he still was in a human body. So he could have done some things that was like, let me just fast forward real quick. This don't even got to take 30 plus years. I'm just going to go ahead and I'm going to come down to the earth at 30. And then we're going to go ahead and just make this thing happen. But you got to see the power behind. I could do things different, but I'm standing in a place of authority and integrity to the end. Wow, how could you not love a savior with that kind of posture? How could you not want to serve someone, a savior that actually demoted himself to make sure that you're good, to make sure that you didn't have to experience anything that you can't get yourself out of? How could you not give a whole new salute and respect to Prince Harry? How could you not? And these are the the questions that form as I'm experiencing life and I'm reading the Bible and I'm just thinking about certain things. And it just makes you just, I mean, it, it boggles my mind. I'm not even going to hold you because it makes you realize decisions aren't easy. It, it, it's not the decision that's hard to make. It's the character that the decision is being made from. And when you're David and you're making it from a place of greed, and when you're Abraham and you're making it from a place of fear, but when you're Harry and you're making it from a place of authentic integrity, when you are Jesus and you're making that decision from authentic love, you see how the results differ? So I want you to zoom out and my challenge to you is, what character, trait, characteristic are your decisions being made from? And if you remember nothing else, I mean, just remember these examples that we discussed today. Because then you'll have a whole new perspective on, wow, decision making. Because if you don't think that Harry's going through it, he got the media coming at him. He's going to have to, for his first time in life, uh, have a financial independence for the first time in his life. He's he's going to be a regular person. He's going to try to be a U.S. citizen just like regular smegular. That's a lot of pressure. You know, as we're reading tabloids and following the stories and what have you, you know, you're just reading as, oh, okay, you know, you turn the page. But I think he had more pressure. You know, I'm sure that if he could, it probably would be a prayer of, <laughs> if there's another way to do this, bruh. I mean, my goodness. But I think that when decisions are coming from a pure, pure characteristic, the decision is easy. And then whatever comes from that decision being made, it's just residue. 
I think decisions become tougher when it's coming from a poor characteristic. And then now the aftermath and the residue is even like, it's just like a snowball effect. It's like now that, now you got to deal with that. It was one thing just to see Bashila. It was like, all right, you made that decision. not agreed. Okay, great. Let's just move it. Okay. Now she's pregnant. Oh, so now you got to do something about that. Oh, Uriah won't go home and sleep. Oh, okay, great. And it, so now everything that comes as a result from that decision is far more worse than the decision that was primarily made. So this conversation, and you know what all our conversations are, they are life-provoking conversations. Look at the characteristic that you're making your decisions from, and let's do better. Because I, I believe that once your decision is secured and planted in a place of pure authenticity, that you're planted, and whatever tries to come against that, it's just wind. It's just when you just gonna you may sway to and fro, but it's not gonna be nothing that can uproot. And so, I think you got what you needed in this conversation. I hope you looked at Prince Harry a whole. He gonna forever be Prince. We gonna uh, that's somebody's good royal grandbaby. I don't care. But I hope you looked at this conversation and was like, you know what? I ain't gonna hold you. I have a new respect for that man. And I want you to do the same for your life. I want you to start looking at the decisions that have been made and the decisions that you're up against now and start saying, you know what, if I'd rather make the hard decision and plant myself firmly on the onset than have to keep chasing behind the results and the things that came from the primary decision, I'm not doing that. Like, we just need to look at life different, decision-making different. We just need to do a whole, I mean, just transform your whole decision-making skills. And then you go ahead in your private time and read Genesis 20 and 2 Samuel 11. I'm telling you, listen, they can't write a script that's juicier than these gospel streets. I keep trying to tell you. But you go ahead. I got to go ahead and actually go sort these clothes and um, probably find us some more juice in these gospel streets so we can go ahead and discuss. But as my good, good nanny says, all right, I ain't going to hold you. Thank you for picking up. I'm going to call you probably in about mm, 45 minutes. So stay by your phone, okay? All right. Later.